Hello and welcome to episode 75 of The Offline Gamer. I'm Matt. And I'm Ray. And I'm Karen. Hello both. Hello. It's nice to see everyone. (laughs) What are we going to talk about today? Hmm. It's been three weeks, probably a bit later than we would have would have liked, but we're going to do our wrap up and tell everyone everything that we saw and played at UKGE 2022. Yes, indeedy. Yes. It was an interesting weekend, was it not? It was a little. It was. But let's let's just talk about games in this episode. Let's not talk about any other events that may or may not have happened over the course of the uh, the event. So there were lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of games. I think this was the biggest UKG there has ever been, if I'm... Um, I mean, looking at the size of the venue, two, two full halls of uh, exhibitors. Uh, I think the last big show in 2019, it was one and a half, one and three quarters. Yeah. I think um, this year was biggest in terms of visitors as well. I think it topped 2019. Although there were more people uh, on like Friday, like the Friday was absolutely mental this year, wasn't it? Yeah. And, but the actual numbers of individual people was down on 2019, apparently. Uh, so the day that the, well. the individual days had more people, but there were a lot more people who did Multiple more days. days. Yeah. yeah. Uh, interesting. Yeah. I mean, the bank holiday would have helped with that. I would imagine there were people who went on the Friday who would normally have not gone on the Friday because they would have been at work. Yeah. Mm, that's true. And the people who don't book days off, like uh, those of us who are obsessed with games. But <laughs> but yeah, so um, but for us, the, the, the weekend started earlier than for most of the people. It started on a Thursday evening with the press preview. So, shall we go through the games that we saw at the press preview first? And, uh, yeah, we'll see what we've yep. got. We didn't really play anything. It was just because, obviously, there's not really any time to play games during the press preview. It was just looking at things. So, the first picture I've got on my phone is for, is Meadow, but I don't think we should talk too much about that because we, we actually played that later on in the weekend. So uh, We did, yes. Yeah, let's skip past that. Uh, one game we did have a chance to have a very small play of in the press event was Touch It from, uh, and that was from Taiwan Board Game Design, which uh, is quite a cute little card game that was very unique. And uh, I really like the concept of it. So the way Touch It works is you've got a deck of cards and on the back of every card is a grid with four pictures on. And on the front of the card uh, is one of those pictures, but you're not allowed to look at the front of the card. You've got to use your finger to feel uh, there's like raised. Um, I don't know what it. I don't know how you would describe the material that it is, but um, you can feel like the outline of the shape on the on the uh, on the on the card yeah, with your feels, fingers. It feels a bit like when you have spot UV. Yeah, but um, just more. It's more raised. Yes, that makes sense to anybody. It reminds and, uh, me of the uh, fabric paint you used to get and the puffy ones where you put it on and it would go bumpy. It's random childhood nostalgia. <laughs> yeah. So there's three different designs of this deck. There was a kid's version, which is like an- animals, and there were a couple of different Japanese versions. So um, 
Yeah, I like this so much. I ended up buying a copy for my nephew uh, of the cutesy animal one and uh, one of the Japanese ones for myself. My nephew uh, doesn't uh, quite understand the point of the game. He keeps on trying to cheat and look at the other side and then saying, it's that one. Yeah, he's like, yeah, yeah, you can see. Well done. But uh, but yeah. It's a tisk. I know. But yeah, it's a fun little fun little car game, and uh, yeah, really enjoyed that. And uh, it's it, nice and unique. I like, you know, a game that brings something new, even though it's just a small little car game that takes five minutes to play. Um, it's it's good fun. Enjoyed it. What have I got next? I have got Skull from uh, Rogue Artist Creations. Andrew was there showing off. Uh, his two new newest games, Merchants of Infinity and Skull. Um, anyone have anything to say about Skull? Um, it's based on a Viking Norse mythology and also drinking. And the Vikings went round shouting its name on one of the days. <laughs> Do, does it most of does promo. it most of Norse mythology involve drinking? Uh, I don't know. Maybe that's just the Viking way. They didn't have access to clean water, so I guess ale was uh, probably safer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now the thing—the thing about Skull is, I, I liked the design, uh, but I know I would be rubbish at it <laughs> because it's a dice stacking dexterity game. Ah, uh, yes. And uh, I am not at dexterity games. I don't think any of us are particularly great at dexterity games. Uh, no, nope, I've broken okay. my glass this evening, so definitely not. Oh, you have not. I have. Dear. I don't play many of them. Um, I'm probably not very good at them. No. I mean, you've got pitting and then tinder blocks, haven't you? Yeah, I was okay at balancing beasts, but certainly not good enough to uh, compete against the leaderboard of Kitten last year. Uh, Andrew was doing a poll over the course of the weekend, wasn't he, to uh, to see what um, game that people thought he should take to Kickstarter next, yeah. which would either be, um, as I say, Emergence of Infinity or Skull. And I think, uh, let's have a look, what was the final tally? He said 86 votes for Emergence of Infinity, but 119 votes for Skull and 61 votes for both. So it looks like Skull might be his next uh, next Kickstarter. Super duper. Indeed. So next up was a roll and write game. And I believe, Karen, this was one of the ones you were quite keen to look at. This is Isla from Ocean City Games. Well, if it's a roll and write, it's usually on my radar at the moment. So, <laughs> But this one did look particularly good. Um I think it was, the, again, it's the, it's the box design. It's usually, for me, it's what it looks like on the outside, but um, yeah. it just looked like quite a fun little roll and write. Um, uh, the description on BGG says, Explorers battle exhaustion to discover the most fauna, flora, or fossils. And the, the box art is like a sort of 3D um, representation of the word Isla on an island, which is quite nice. Um, but I don't remember much about the game itself. I don't know if either of you two do. I can't remember whether we actually stopped to talk to anybody or whether we just went, oh, we yeah, just that looked looked pretty. It, yeah. it was a, it was a quick, I think it was a, a quick look in the preview and we didn't manage to necessarily go back and have a look later, did we? No. Um, okay. So there was a lot there, but... Uh, what's next? 
Uh, I have got a picture of Ray looking at Summoner's Isle. Is this the one where I was like, oh, have we seen this before? And you were like, no. Uh, oh, yeah, this was this was thingy. Yeah, so... Oh, it's Robbie. Robbie's yeah. game. Um, He's brought this to the expo before, hasn't he? Didn't he bring this into 2019? Yeah, because it, it was released in 2019, so... Um, I was probably correct to go, I'm sure I've seen this before. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was looking at it because it looked fun. Um, yeah. But uh, we didn't really think... have, a, again, an in depth look at it, did we? Yeah, no. Robbie was um, busy flogging copies of Sumo Gnomes, I think, over the course of the weekend, wasn't he? So... Yeah, I think so. So, again, not much really to say about that. No. Nah. Uh, the next one we saw was Zuli. Zuli. This was well, on your list. This was this was on your hit list, wasn't it? I think, right? I think it was on several of our hit lists. I think it was, to be honest. Yeah, um, I think we were all interested. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we did have a look at this at the thing, at the preview, but we also went back and played it on Sunday. Yeah. So... Let's talk about it when we when we yeah, go, get we'll there. Yeah, we'll talk about it when we go through our plays. Yes, but it's a very but it's a very cutesy looking, but more complicated than it looks game about making a zoo. Yeah, and for now we'll leave it at that. Uh, the next game we saw, which was actually one I was quite keen on, uh, which was Takedo Duo, which is oh, the new yeah. two player version of Takedo. So Takedo being the game where you are on a holiday uh, in, I guess, Japan, and you are trying to uh, have the most pleasant holiday you can uh, and see the most beautiful sights. But this is, uh, say, a new two-player game. Um, but the, the theme is the same in that you are choosing where you want to go. You are trying to walk around and see all the best sights. Um, but the mechanics of it uh, seem a bit different. Um, unfortunately, there's not much information about it on BGG. So, um, that's the one bad thing about us doing this episode three weeks after the expo, in that um, the games that we sort of looked at but didn't really play, I can't really remember much about the mechanics of the uh, the game. Can you remember much about this? Um, I think because you you have is it. Four different yeah. characters each. Uh, three, I think, by the looks of it. Three. Um, yeah. And then... So you have the, the, the artist, the merchant, and another person. Um, and then you score different points and through different paths, depending on which one is taking the actions. So like the merchant, you have to go around and collect things and and then sell them. Mm. The artist, you're going around painting landscapes and I think selling the paintings. The yeah. other one, was it the monk maybe? I can't remember. Similar okay. similar to like the different um, stops you can have in the original Takedo. Okay. They've built like the three different characters around that. And the idea is you're, you're playing all of them, but you've also got to try and get, well, A, obviously, to try and get the most points. But if 
you finish the little card for one of them, then it triggers the end of the game. So I guess it's a balance between getting a card finished, but also not just focusing on one card because then you might lose points because you haven't done other stuff mm. um, vaguely. I found a I found a press release. So Funforge has announced Takedo Duo, a new version of Takedo for two players. Uh, the game features a linear track of action spaces. Each turn, the player in last place on the track can move forward to any unoccupied action space on the track, but can never move backwards. Thus, players have to balance between rushing ahead to, to a desired action space or making smaller movements for more turns. In Takoda Duo, players will choose where to walk to see the best things as they traverse an island making memories. That's what the official blurb is for Takoda Duo. Right, what's next? Uh, next up, we looked at Lakes. Now, I know this was one of yours, Ray. Uh, yeah. Um, basically, it's based on the Lake District in the UK. Um, it's a two-player. You're going around collecting locations. Um, I have got a copy, but I haven't got to play it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just thought it was, um, interesting. Um, I like the Lake District, so I thought it was fun. Um, interestingly, the guys who made it are actually from Colville, which isn't in the Lake District, but, um, it's, it's sort of, uh, Midlandsy. Yeah, uh, they're Molinarius games. Yes. It says they are based in Leicestershire on their profile page on the Geek. Yes, they are. And it says, yeah, it's a game for people who love who love the Lake District, Ray. Do you love it? I think it's pretty nice. Okay. Complete secret missions and best your opponent in this two-player strategy game. Um, I think they've got a challenge as well to... Um... Have take a picture of yourself with one of the cards at the location it depicts. Oh yes. Um, I'm not. I hopefully go to Lake District later this year, so we'll see what we can do. Yes. Okay. Next up is one of mine, and this is Dungeon Decorators from Slugfest Games. And uh, yeah, this it's another one of those games where it's sort of like. A theme that's been twisted around whereas you are um decorators who've been hired by an evil uh like um dungeon master to um decorate his dungeon and so you have to add like uh things obviously to make it nice and cozy for him but also evil things that you can do you know evil deeds with so um they are, you know, just looked funny and fun. So this is another game that I, I picked up a copy of. Um, just looking at BGG, came out last year. Uh, Dungeon Decorators is a competitive light Euro tile drafting strategy game for two to four players. Select tiles that give you the right combination of chilling chambers 
harrowing hallways and dire decorations, then play goal cards to score points. The player who scores the most points achieves victory by impressing the client and setting them on their path to becoming the next legendary evil. Uh, haven't played it yet. If I remember correctly, the cards were like multiple use. You could use, or the tiles rather, were multiple use. You could use them in different uh, capacities depending on which orientation you place them against the sort of edge of the dungeon, couldn't you? So um, it's not just picking a tile and then just uh, using it in the best place. You've got a few decisions that you can make as well. So Was that the one with the two bags of tiles you drew from? And you drew from draw from all of the first one and then the second one's got additional like end of it was either end of game tiles or tiles that bring about the end of the game if you draw so many so you draw you have two sets i think it might have been that one possibly uh it does say if a third hour glass tile is revealed the game ends immediately and there, there is a red and a blue bag on the picture on my phone so i'm gonna say yeah, yes that was yeah it was the red and blue bag one yeah so okay, it was that one cool. next we've got one that uh, we briefly looked at, which was Lucha Wars from Backspindle Games, which is a um, sort of Mexican wrestling game, um, which looked fun. Didn't get to play it, but uh, it has a, a wrestling ring and lots of little standees of various uh, sort of wrestling character tropes or um, uh, parodies. Just this is the one fun. with um, Robotron in, isn't it? Oh, yes, there is a yes, Robotron uh, in this. Yes, you're right. Yeah. I've forgotten about that. <laughs> and it's also got a top secret um, way of using the, uh, what's it called? The wrestling ring, hasn't it? it? Wasn't there like a cage match thing? You can turn it upside down and it turns into like a cage match. Yeah. Oh, no way the secret now. <gasps> <laughs> it's not top secret anymore. <laughs> I'm sure everyone who gets the game knows that anyway, so... But yeah, if you like Mexican wrestling and you want a fun dice, um, dice game with a little, um, you know, with a little wrestling standees, then uh, Lucha Wars might be might be your thing. There's a picture on BGG of uh, Robotron uh, standing next to a giant poster with his uh, visage on, which is quite fun. Um, it's basically a half naked dude with his. Um, shoulder armaments on uh, and uh, yeah it does look quite similar to him right oh it's I've got pictures of food now so that must have been the last thing we looked at at the press, press event although you spoke although we, you um, we didn't although we didn't take any pictures of it you spoke to the guy uh, who was doing the uh, research for his uh, was it for his PhD yeah um, and I think you've got you had the uh, flyer, so I haven't actually managed to do the thing. Do I? It's probably in my bag of uh, things then, still, yeah. that I haven't sorted out yet. Yes, it wasn't in my bag of things, so it must be in your bag of things. Okay. Can you remember what... Um... Um, it was to do with um, board gaming as a hobby and mental health, I think, was the general area. Right, okay. So, oh, yes, like, that's well-being right. and... Um, has yeah i think he didn't want to go into too much detail because he didn't want to like skew people's responses yeah. to the survey okay i'll try and find out the link to his survey and stick it on uh, the the episode notes then 
uh, if you want to help him out with his uh, with his research, if I can find yeah. it. Um, so you know, if it's not on our website, I've lost I've lost the piece of paper, but I'm sure I'll find something. So yeah, um, that was it for the press preview. Then we went to where did we go for food on the for oh, Las Iguanas? Yeah, mm, that was nice. It was. So Friday. What was the first thing we did on Friday? Uh, we stood in a queue. Yes. And then we stood in another queue. Another queue. Because we had lots of things to sell at the Bring and Buy. Yes. So to be we fair, queued for I the think Bring and Buy. We spent an hour in that queue. Mm-hmm. Um, but people the night before were spending much longer than that in the queue and I think people who got in after us on Friday probably also spent a lot longer in the queue than we oh, did because yeah. it was like at least twice as long after we left than it was when we joined and if it took us an hour it must have taken them like two hours to get there uh, to the front Yeah, It was a very busy area over the weekend I think going in and out yeah. Lots of yeah. games being sold. I think when we got in there, it was you could almost see them. That <laughs> everyone was disappearing. You were checking them in, and the people who were checking them in were disappearing behind a wall of games that was just building up. Yeah, yeah, that was a lot and lot of stuff. But interestingly enough, every time we walked past the Bring and Buy, the queue to get in wasn't that long. Certainly yeah. not as long as it had been in the past. Yeah, I think possibly the setup for browsing and buying was a lot better because they had like proper stacked shelves as opposed mm. to just tables with stuff on and i think there were there were different zones for different things because when yeah you were when you checked your stuff in and got your little stickers to put on things um they had like letter number combinations didn't they like c2 or d7 or whatever but yeah. we have a bone to pick with the bring and buy don't we yeah, I don't know whether it's the bring and buy or whoever's done the web side of it. Um, so when you're registering your stuff, you can put in any price, any decimal point. So you can put in like £10.50, right? But when you actually get to the bring and buy, they they only print out and only sell at a whole round pound. So your £10.50 will get, rounded down to £10 and sold at £10. But on the web database, it will still say £10.50. So when you go to collect your money, you're probably going to have a lot less than you thought, or maybe not lots, depending on how much stuff you yeah, take. Yeah. But, um, so that was a bit difficult to try and figure out how much uh, you would actually be getting after the... Was it 10%? Uh, it's probably 10%. Um, I think it was like 10%. Commission. Yeah, there, there was a 10% that goes to charity. So it was kind of difficult to look at the, the numbers, knowing that they were wrong, trying to figure out how much you needed to take off for the discrepancy between the database and the actual selling prices, and then take off the 10% charity. So it was a bit annoying. Yeah. <laughs> Especially as it, it seemed to just round everything down. So, like, normally in school, aren't you taught that, like, if it's from five 
five if it's over for over the halfway mark you round up and if it's under the halfway mark right. you round down normally it's zero to 49 is rounded or one to 49 is rounded down and 50 to 99 is rounded up or well the 50 could yeah. go either way depending on which way which way you do it but yeah so i'd be interested to know if anyone like put anything on like for 15.99 and whether it got rounded to 15 or 16 I expect it probably got rounded to 15. Yeah, I, I think reckon they just, just chucking the first, the first two digits, yeah. Yeah, they were just chucking in the, 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 the pre-decimal digits. Um, but if, if, you're not, if you're not allowed to do that, then the website shouldn't let you put in a decimal point. Yeah. So definitely need to make sure we need to feed that back to them to say, look, you know, the website's letting you do this, but when you print the prices out, they're not. And there's no disclaimer or anything anywhere to say don't use decimal points. So just code your website correctly. Yeah. Simple. But we we were all quite successful with the bring and buy, weren't we? I mean, I sold seventy five percent of the things that I took. The rest I just left there to to be donated to charity. I think it was the same for you, Ray. I I think I took twenty six and I sold twenty. That's good. Um, and I sold all my like larger things. So everything, the six that were remaining were all like seven quid or under. Yeah, I'd say seven pound fifty. But it wasn't really seven pound fifty or under. It was seven quid or under. <laughs> and Karen, you had two things to sell, didn't you? And you sold yeah, them both. I had a hundred percent success rate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then again, that was easy. So yeah. <laughs> so after the bring and buy, we started wandering around. Um, I bought some stuff from the Detective Society because last year I bought the first chapter of season two of their game, which is their Escape Room series. Um, which we played last year. And then uh, obviously we got to that point at the end of chapter one, and then we were like, okay, what happens next? And the guys there were, were grateful, gracious enough to open a sealed box of all of season two and take out the first episode and sell me the rest. Because so I think they were doing an offer where they were selling season one uh, at a discount to people anyway. So um, that was just another copy they could have sold, but they didn't have to do that. So it was very nice of them. So um, once we finished playing Key Enigma, um, Calling Card, uh, we'll we'll move on to uh, Detective Society. This is the one where the guy mysteriously falls into a coma and we have to find out why. Yeah. Um, And it's been months since we played that. Uh, So, yeah, we'll need to get back into that. Um, And then we get onto the first game that was played. And um, it's a game I didn't play because I had a bad stomach and needed to go to the toilet. So you two played a game of Decorum from Floodgate Games. So tell me all about Decorum. It is a decorating game, but also like it's kind of, um, it reminded me a bit of uh, Fog of Love because it's a two-player game. You've both got hidden information and you've got to try and do stuff in the middle on the board to please both parties but you can't necessarily discuss exactly why something pleases or displeases you on the board you just sort of have to say oh yes um your lamp placement is spectacular or "Mm, i don't I don't think that colour goes well or that sort of vague stuff. Hmm. And then every five rounds, I think you're supposed yeah. to do it, you have a little um, 
heart to heart. I think they called it. Yeah, I think where I you think can it was reveal. Yeah, you can reveal one of your secret objectives to the other person. Um, so like we were playing like the absolute first level super basic one. So by the time you've had all of your rounds, I think you're allowed 30 rounds or 30 turns or whatever yeah, you want to call it. I think it was 30. Yeah. So there are only four objectives on each card. So by the time you've got to like 20, 25, you should have had enough heart to heart to know everybody's secret stuff and then you can just sort it out. Um but the guy was saying that there's it goes up in levels and it goes up in difficulty. So I imagine once you get to like level twenty, it's probably going to be a lot more difficult um, mm. to sort of make everybody happy. I mean, we got to very nearly the end. It was a bit of touch and go whether we were going to quite get there. I think it was. It took us till near the end to to get everything. We were really close, and then it was just the last. I can't remember exactly what it was. It was like there was one thing that we couldn't quite reach. We almost didn't reach an agreement on um, before we revealed like our final objectives. Um, yeah. So we kept, there were a lot of pieces going that were coming on the board and then being taken straight back off again, or there were certain areas that we were focusing on. So it divided into four rooms. It was two upstairs and two downstairs rooms. And some of the objectives said, you've got to have these things upstairs or these things downstairs or not these things upstairs or oh and you could paint the walls as well um so it was like about i think there were about three you had space in each room for about three items and then a wall color as well um so yeah that added another another layer to it um but yeah it was it was i found it quite it was fun but it was quite challenging you think you've got there and then you're still way off and trying to figure out exactly what the missing piece is was quite quite good so yeah i enjoyed that one uh right yeah. next up was a game we all played which was a game i've played before which was trek 12 which is a rod and right game so the idea of trek 12 is that you are climbing a mountain and you roll two dice and everyone's using the same the same dice and you've got basically sort of like um, lots of little circles on on your piece of paper that you're writing on. And first, what you can do is you can either use the higher of the two numbers that you've rolled, the lower of the two numbers that you've rolled, the sum of them, or the... So the sum is if you multiply them together, isn't it? Or the difference between them. I think those are the four things you can use, aren't they? So the first number you just write down anywhere, but then the, all the others have to be touching. Uh, and you get points for having either um, multiple of the same number in a group touching each other or a run of numbers. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, whatever. And the scoring is always the highest number in that run or the number that is the group plus one for every additional number. So if you had like six sixes in a group, you would get six points because they're sixes and then you get an extra five points for every additional six. So you get 11 points for that group. And um, I really like this and I I like this so much I bought a copy because um, I played this a, a few weeks ago with Adam uh, from Die Rolling 
uh, he bought a copy to uh, Asgard and we played it and I really enjoyed it. Um, Karen, I'm going to guess that you really enjoyed this being as it was a roll and write. It's a roll and write. So it's already, you know, it's already got brownie points in me. Um, yeah. Um, it was, again, it was, it was a nice, easy game to learn, to pick up. Um, scorecards got little reminders of what each thing is. Um, and also you were limited on how many times you could use each thing. So if you, oh yes, yeah, cause you got, I think was it 19 turns, yeah. And you had something like four or five maximum you could use of each. So if you ha- did the difference between the two numbers, you could only do the difference between a roll, like between four of your 19 rolls, and then you had to go with one of the others. Or was it five? Okay, It's five because then five. <laughs> there's four different types and you could do each and one up to a maximum of five I times. Remember if it was then you've always got one or... left over. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was that made it more tricky as well because you could easily go off and be like, oh, I'll just do the difference between those difference. Oh, hang on, no, 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 I'm stuck. <laughs> so there was a little bit of strategizing there, but um, yeah, again, it was really easy to pick up. Um, games don't take too long, but um, you feel like you've got a full game out of it. And yeah. um, we played. I can't remember what the mountain was because the the pads of score sheets where um they're different aren't they between i think there's expansions and was it three different ones different mountains in the box in the version of yeah, the game that you mine bought? was mine was the himalaya one so yeah. um i know you you're right you know it is it is it is for four time four different times you can use there are five ah. you can add them together you can subtract one from the other you can multiply them together, or you can use the higher one or the lower one. Okay. Um, but yeah, I can't remember what the mountains are. I'm just trying to look at pictures on BGG. There's Dunai, Daulagiri, and mm. one beginning with K that I can't see the picture of. <laughs> um, but yeah. I- yeah, I can't but there's lots of extra one. stuff in the box as well, which um, I need to investigate. There's, there's envelopes with things that you're only allowed to open when you meet certain conditions. Uh-huh. And there's sort of like a, a different mode where it's not just uh, everyone playing for themselves. It's like you're, you're, you go up a series of mountains and uh, so there's, there's more, to the, more to it than just a simple roll and write as well. So Yeah, so they've, they've done a lot with, with the format, definitely. And uh, replayability, I think. I know yeah. it's an easy word to easy buzzword to throw around, but it it really does have some replayability. I think. Right, twelve, twek, 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 twelve. Yeah, I um quite liked it. I was debating buying it if you hadn't. Um, oh, I see. I'll go and return my copy then. No, it's okay. You can keep it. Okay. Um, yeah, I quite enjoyed it. I thought it was good fun. Although I think you had an unfair advantage because you'd played it before. Oh, okay. Which is obviously the only reason that you won. Yeah, I did win. And Absolutely, I got the definitely well. an unfair advantage. Yeah, yeah okay, yeah. okay, okay. I'm going to move on before you start getting up on me. Um, the next game we played was Psycho Babble, um, which was a bit sort of Dixit-like, I guess, is the best way to describe this, I think. You're, you're all playing people who shared a dream, uh, and one person is like the psychotherapist and you've got all of these cards on the table that have like um, very sort of strange, surre- surreal black and white artwork on them. And the idea is for um, 
the person who is the imposter to try and figure out what the uh, the shared dream is that everyone else had. But I think the therapist has to try and figure out who the imposter is, don't they? Um, so yeah, we played a game of this, and well, I struggled, but I struggle with this kind of game generally. But I, I don't think it was a fault of this game. It's just the way my my brain works. I, I enjoyed it, but it's it's always that thing where you've got to like come up with a question to ask the other players, and it's like I don't know what to ask, you know, or what can I ask without giving everything away. Yeah, I mean, I was a bit because conf- I was the odd one out mm. person, um, and I was a bit confused whether I was allowed to lie or not. Right, okay. Because I was like, well, obviously it's I'm trying not to be detected, but do I have to tell the truth? I think um, everyone has to tell the truth, don't they? Yeah. So I, I, I did opt for the truth, but I didn't realise that I was allowed to sort of say, oh, I figured out what your dream is, because I figured it out in, like, the first, like, two minutes. <laughs> and, like, if I'd known, like, I was spo- was I supposed to say, oh, is it that one? Um, mm. Because I, I was like, yeah, okay, it's that one. <laughs> but I was, I was trying to, like, throw everybody off by looking at, at the, the cards that... Oh, that's, yeah you all had and not look at my card. Um, but then, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know whether I was supposed, whether I was supposed to have um, said, Oh, I figured it out because then if I say I figured out what your dream is, then that outs me as being the odd one out as well. Yeah. So yeah. that was a bit confusing. Yeah. I was a bit, a bit iffy on some of the language they were using as well though. Because you're all you're all uh, patients in an asylum, and the one of you that uh, didn't have the same dream is the one that is truly mad and has to stay in the asylum. And I was like, surely all the people who shared the dream are the mad ones. <laughs> well, there's something going on there if they all shared the dream. Yeah, it's a little yeah, I know. There's something, there's something a bit more sinister going on there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, mm. But I was like. As as someone who is, quote unquote, mad, I'm not entirely convinced <laughs> that you should be using such mm. language in a game. But okay, I don't I think th- the game itself uses that those words. Looking at the BGG page, that might have just been the mm. the colloquial terms that like the person demoing the game. Was, yeah, uh, maybe it so... was the easiest way to describe it if face to face. But yeah. yeah, yeah, it was a little. I was a bit like a little bit uneasy. Nah, using that. Yeah. <laughs> as, as soon as as soon as I was just like, well, it's probably not my sort of game anyway. But on principle, no. I wouldn't buy it just because you're calling people like mad and mental and stuff. You're at the mental asylum. Pretty sure it's not been called that for quite some number of decades. So never mind. Just getting on my high horse. Never mind. It doesn't. It doesn't. The, the word asylum isn't used on the BGG page at all. It just says a social deduction game in which one player is a psychotherapist trying to discover what shared dream their patients suffering from mass hysteria have been having. Ah, okay, yeah, that would. That yeah, that's a pati- slightly different way of. The patients all know which card they're discussing, but the psychotherapist does not. The problem is that one of the patients is genuinely insane. And has been given the wrong card to talk about. Is insane the oh. uh, a, a legitimate clinical term? 
Really? Mm. Well, you can say in court in, in sanity, can't you, sir? Yeah, but that's a very law is very uh, difficult to change. True. Law takes a very long time to change. True. Um, and it doesn't necessarily say that you're criminally insane in the game either. No, no, just just insane. It says. Okay. I'm pretty sure it's the the legal term is like um, not mentally competent or something like that. Okay. Don't think it's insanity. Yeah. Anyway. Let's move on. Uh, next thing I've got a picture of is not a game we played. It's something that Karen purchased. And that is the little notepads with uh, games on from Descent Games. Oh, yes. That was the roll and colour. Um, Descent Games at Christmas did some lovely Christmas cards, which I bought a few of. Um, and sent out to various people, which were, again, it was the idea was roll and colour. So I think there was one with stars on it. And the idea is it's about, um, I think it, it's trying to match your, like get the best score out of colouring in certain stars in certain colours to hit the score, the score objectives, basically. Um, and they've now brought out a series of these notepads um, again, the ones I picked up, there was like a lily pad pond with frogs on the lily pads. And there were some tulip ones as well. So you coloured in the, the, the flowers, um, the blooms for the tulips. Um, don't think I've had a chance to actually use them yet, but I know that <laughs> one of the uh, evenings as well, they make nice, um, again, nice little colouring books if you, for whatever reason, you don't feel like playing the game as well that's another option because I sat there I think on the one of the evenings in the hotel where we stayed and I had some highlighters and it was a long day and we were tired and I was like do you know what? I'm just going to do a little bit of colouring in and that was actually quite relaxing so multiple use but um, again really nice idea um, I think and nice and quick and easy um, and just a nice little game to have around you know keep it on the desk have a break at yeah. work it's you know you can fit fit a game in in five minutes so yeah i like them very much okay next up is a game that i think we're all keen to look at um and we managed to get most of the way through a game and that was world stitches from broken mill now i think the thing that attached attracted us all to this game was the artwork of the box which was like these sort of cats and flying animals that were stitching together hexagons of uh, a floating world mm. um the, the the artwork and the the theme of of you know bits of bits of the the world floating through space and you having to stitch them together with yarn <laughs> was just uh just quite appealing yeah it's like a, a giant Catan quilt or something kind of yeah. <laughs> terrain <laughs> so um from what i remember the point of this game is that there are there are three different types of terrain no, four different types of terrain. You've got like a light green, which I think was just like a field. You've got dark green, which is a forest. You've got water and you've got like rocky terrain. And they're all on these like little um, half hexes. Um, what do you call that shape? The four. Um, is it a tra trapezoid? Trape I think so. Yeah, trapezium. Yeah. Mm. yeah, they're all on that sort of shape and, and each one has got two together. And what you're doing is you are you are moving your little everyone's got a little meeple you're moving your meeple around the the landscape you're placing 
new tiles onto the edge. And where tiles match ones that have already been placed, you put energy down. But you don't just put it down on the one that you've placed and the, the one adjacent. If, for example, there's like a, a section of like five tiles of light green and you put another one, every one of those light green tiles gets energy. And then when you move your little character around, if you move over a tile that's got energy in, you get to pick the energy up. And... Um, I can't remember what the end the end game the end goal of the game was. It was the the end game was triggered by you could you could save up your energy, you could earn energy and purchase spires. And I think the end game oh, was yes. triggered when one person had purchased was it three spires, I think? Um I think that was it. And the spires also were was it they started out being cheaper and got more expensive or they were worth less, maybe. Um they started out being worth the most, and then as they got bought up, so if you if you're quick to buy, you get more points. But if you're a mm. bit slower to earn your energy and to actually buy, then um you get fewer points. Um, so even if you ended up being the person who bought like the spire that triggered the end game, you might still lose if other people have bought higher spires, basically. And uh, the pre-launch Kickstarter page is currently up, uh, but. It does say it's going to be a few months before it uh, hits Kickstarter, but um, I've just hit notify me on launch, so I am now following that, so I'll get notified when it launches. Um, so if you go to brokenmillgames.com, you can um, find a link to the Kickstarter pre-launch page there and get notified when the uh, when the Kickstarter launches. But yeah, I, uh, I think this is going to be a game that I'm going to get because uh, I really enjoyed this. I think it was good. And then we did a bit more wandering around, and the last thing we saw on Friday was Haunty Culture from Tinkerbot Games, the uh, sequel, sort of, to, oh, no, sorry, the spiritual successor <laughs> to Ghost Hell, which is where you are um, sort of like zombie gardeners, aren't you? Yeah. I think we've talked about this before because... It did launch on Kickstarter last year, didn't it? But it wasn't successfully f- funded. Um, so I'm pretty sure we discussed it at the time because it was definitely one that I was interested in. Um, due to relaunch on Kickstarter um, later on this year, I think he said. Um, just reading Is it spooky? Was it, was it going to be around October or am I... Oh, maybe he did say that. Yeah, I've launched it around yeah. sort of Halloween time. That sort Spooky of makes sense. Mm. Yeah. Uh, having being a ghost has oh, you're ghost gardeners, not zombie gardeners. Sorry. Uh, for one, handing a spade is tricky when your hand keeps passing straight through it. But help is on hand. The resurrected gardeners from the manor's heyday have returned to lend their rotted expertise to you. Use your crew of zombies, skeletons, and ghouls to grab plants and ornaments for your part of the garden. Hire new crew members such as werewolves and vampires to boost your work and get those extra flowers planted before the night is over. So, yeah, it's a spooky gardening game. It should be fun. Now, did we go and sit down in the open gaming section for a little bit after this, before we went Uh, and got food? Yes. Okay. We played The Mind Extreme. Oh, what's so extreme about The Mind Extreme? In the mind extreme, you are counting both upwards and downwards. 
at the same time. You're going, uh, I think it's 1 to 49 up and 50. No. No, it's, it's got to be one. It's one to fifty on each one, isn't it? Yeah, so I think it's one to fifty, and then yeah, I think it's fifty-one to one. Or is there a zero? I can't remember. I don't know. But there's a red deck and a and a white deck. Yeah, and the white deck counts up, and the red deck counts down, and you're mixing all the cards together and trying to do it both at the same time. We did quite well, I feel, for our first time. I can't remember where, mm. how far Didn't we, we got. Didn't we get to like level four? I think we we got to level four. Yeah, we got to level four, and we yeah. hadn't used any um, like throwing stars or lives or anything until we got to level four either. I yeah. don't think. Yeah. And then we I just think. wasted them all mm. and did horrendously yeah. badly. <laughs> we were close, but not close enough. So why's that thing with the mind where you get like one person's got like fifty one and you've got fifty two? It's yeah. so annoying when you put yours down first and then they go. Oh. Yeah. I have I have played it since um with Chris and uh we had a couple of very good uh ones so on one of the play it face down we somehow managed to get 9 10 11 between the two of us oh. in the right order and then other times we just got things completely the wrong order I, I don't know I yeah I I'm I'm I don't know maybe it's all just luck and chance. It's the mind for you. The mind. Yeah. The mind. Sometimes... So then we went to... Okay. Oh, I was just going to say, sometimes you think that you both on the same wavelength. You think, oh, yeah, that look means this. And then, yeah. Turns out you're both thinking in a direction. It's just yeah, completely the opposite one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then we wandered over to Chow Street. We took our first of two visits to Chow Street. Um, I can't remember what we had. Because I've got a picture of the canoodle place, but I know I didn't have noodles, so we uh I believe oh, did we have toasties? Yeah, we had Jabberwocky toasties. Mm-hmm. Or you you and me did anyway. Yeah, what did you have, Karen? I can't remember. I had a burrito, I think, one night. I think it was yeah, that night. I think yeah, that was the first night. Yeah. It was good. Who was that from? Uh, Do you remember what the burrito people were? Was it habaneros? Might have been, yeah. That rings a bell. Okay. I can't quite recall, but having arrows sounds like it could it have been nice. them. Mm. Whatever it was, it was lovely. Yeah. Uh, so that's all of Friday. So then we move on to Saturday. Uh, Saturday didn't start that great for me because I had a sort of mild anxiety attack. But uh, we're very fortunate that the uh, people at the Asthma Day stand at the bottom of the stairs let us sort of sit down and just chill for a bit. And uh, it was while we were sitting there and chilling, while Karen was off getting a coffee, that we played Taco Cat Goat Cheese Pizza. Yay! Which is the which it's just odd. It's really it's really weird. <laughs> so every you've got a deck of cards. The deck is split equally among all the players, and there are tacos, cats, goats, cheese, and pizza. But there are also a few other cards. There's a gorilla, I think. Yeah. Uh, a narwhal. Narwhal. And was the was a was a mole or something? Is it a beaver? A beaver it might be a beaver. Or like no, it was a groundhog. Groundhog. 
So basically, what what it is is it's 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 basically snap, but with a few extra bits and pieces added on. So everyone's playing a game, uh, everyone's playing a card on their turn, but you you're always saying the same thing. So I, if I was the first player, I would always say taco. The next player would always say cat. Cat. The next player would always say goat. Goat then cheese, Jeez. then pizza, and it'll just keep going around like that. If you say the same card that you put down, then everyone has to put their hand on top of the deck, and the person who's the slowest loses and has to take all the cards. However, if the gorilla card is placed, then everyone has to thump their chest like a gorilla and then put their hand on the thing. Yeah. If the narwhal is put down, then everyone has to put their hands above their head like a narwhal horn and then put their hand on the cards and the the slowest person is the one who has to get the cards. And then if the groundhog, everyone has to like bash the table two or three times like you were groundhog digging, I guess, or something, and then put your hand on the cards. Like a little drum roll. Yeah, like a little drum roll. So it's it's a fun little card game. It's mostly designed for kids. But I'll be honest with you, it helped my anxiety no end. I thought I thought it was uh, a good fun. It's a good fun, like little party filler game. I think. Yeah. Because it makes everybody like loosen up a bit. Because yeah. you're all making a bit of a tit of yourself, pretending to be a <laughs> narwhal. Um, so it's it, uh, yeah, I think it's a, a good. Um, Icebreaker game, mm. I suppose you could call it. Yeah, sounds like yeah. it was. I'm disappointed and I didn't get to see your animal impressions. <laughs> you've <laughs> just seen right. But, you've yeah. literally just seen them. That's that's the extent of what it was. Um, and then after that, we moved to a different table on that stand and played the sock game. Yep. Ray, why don't you tell us what the sock game was all about? Um, well, it's not as gross or sinister as you might think um it's basically i think it's just a two-player game there's two really long like sports socks type things with a bunch of items in them on inside the box there's like a little uh curio display thing um which has got a, a an example of each of the things that is in there and you got like a little spinner wheel thing. So you spin the wheel, whatever it lands on is the thing you have to find in the sock. And then basically you both start at the same time. The first person to rummage through all the toot and find the correct item is the winner of the round. There was probably some sort of point scoring, but I don't remember it. No, we didn't play for points, did we? That was That's the basic mechanic is it's rummaging around for random stuff in a sock mm-hmm. competitively yeah that i was so, really bad at <laughs> yeah so you had things like uh like a chess pawn or like a, i think there was a key and there was like there was some other vaguely chess like piece but not a pawn i don't know maybe a bishop or something dice yeah uh, a ball a pink uh a domino yeah. A piece of an el- uh, elastic band. 
just lots of random tat. I think there were some things that it was the same. They were the same shape, but different colours. So you had to, if it landed on the particular, I think it could land on a particular colour of the item or something. Or you had to roll a dice to choose the colour. I can't remember which. Um, And then you had to keep going. And if you were really unlucky, it would be the last one of the the four different colours you pulled out. Um, Yeah. Yeah, just to make it a little bit harder for those. It came came in a rather large box, considering what it is. <laughs> and I did sort of say, I probably definitely need to uh, wash those socks at some point. Yeah. So after that, we uh, took a trip to Duranda Games and had a good old game of Isle of Trains All Aboard, which is a sort of re- re-release, reimagining of Isle of Trains, which came out a few years ago, a little card game about building a train. And um, I really enjoyed this. Um, basically, you were all playing like train conductors and you are building up a train. Uh, everyone starts with an engine, a uh, level one engine, and you can upgrade the engine so you can have more carriages behind your train. There are different types of carriage that let you do different things. Um, but but the interesting mechanism I like about it is the fact that you get these meeples, these passengers, and in, in order for you to do things, you have to put them on the other players' trains. But by doing that, that gives them passengers that they can then deliver to complete objectives in the game. So it's yeah. an interesting, interesting dynamic in that you're helping each other out, but you're doing it very selfishly because you're doing the actions that you want to get you want to, to get um i mean this we played this for a good hour and a half i think and um i really liked the artwork i thought the you know the all the cards the locations the the train carriages i thought all the iconography was nice and easy to understand i liked the little passenger meeples um i thought they were, they were really cool um, the different objectives that you could complete in the game, like um, you know, you deliver a passenger here, and you get bonuses that you can do extra actions and things like that. Um, I really liked, really liked this. Yeah, I thought it was really good. A good amount of like complexity versus like easy to understand, easy to learn. So I think there was like there was definitely. I don't know. I think to start to start with, it was a bit uh, maybe intimidating, but mm. also possibly that was because the rules were photocopied and sort of back to front and upside down and all sorts, because um, it was just like a random like yeah. printed paper stapled together. Um, but once we got the hang of it, it was um, really good. And we also had uh, Gareth drop in on us while we were playing. He did. Who hung around with mm-hmm. us for a bit. And played some of the the next few games with us as well. We did, yes. Mm. Um, before we move on, so Isle of Trains is coming to Kickstarter soon. It's sometime in July. I can't remember the exact date, but I have had an email from Dranda telling me when it is. So let me just see if I've still got it. Um, if I have, I can't find it. So let's just say it's coming to Kickstarter sometime in July. 2020 but it's probably going to be a, an instant back for me because uh it's by Dranda, you know people we know and tr- trust 
to uh, uh, you know deliver a, a good game, high quality game uh, without massive delays. So I'm just waiting for the engine builder joke. I'm surprised you didn't make it, Matt. Well, it is an engine builder, but <laughs> a literal engine builder. Yeah, a literal engine builder. <laughs> um. So next up, we went to. Oh, what was their name? The French people. Bombix. Bombix. And we played Codex and Naturalis. So I don't think I had this on my list, but after playing it, I really enjoyed it. And it's definitely on my list now. Um, yeah. Is this one of yours, Ray? Uh, yeah. So I was quite interested in Garden Nation, for also from Bombix. Yeah. Um, then when I walked past the stand at the preview i saw codex naturalis and i was like that looks kind of cool as well so i might come back and have a look at that um and they had two other games they had glow and i can't remember the name of it but it was a slightly more steampunky themed game and i was like actually all of these look kind of cool um so it just so happened that when we walked past bombix uh, at this point on the Saturday, there was a, a table for Codex Naturalis that was freeing up. So we thought, oh, well, why not have a sit down and play it? It looks fairly, you know, because all the cards are like teeny, teeny, tiny, weeny cards. So it, it looks deceptively simple. But then you actually have to think about quite a lot while you're doing it. <laughs> So uh, I believe the backstory is you are a monk who is um, building your Codex Naturalis. So you're building a a book that lists flora and fauna, shall we say. Um, and you have, oh, I think there was there's like four different color color coded types. So you've got like mushrooms, plants. I've got a picture. So you've got okay. mushrooms, butterflies. Uh, there's like animals, which is like a little fox's head. And yeah. there's like um, uh, a jar that you would use to put like um, something in, you know, like um, some chemical elements or something. Yeah, the jar is a special token. Yeah, so purple is insects. Blue is animals. Uh, orange is mushrooms. I can't remember whether there was another. Oh, there was, I'm sure there plant. was green. Yeah, green, which is a little, green, a which little is leaf. Plants. Yeah. And then you have extra stuff. So you have things like scrolls and jars. Oh, yes, that's right. Um, which are for like the bonus. Um, what's the what's the word? Bonus objectives. So, yeah, you get, I think you get uh, dealt two secret objectives and you pick one each. Um, and then you have some bonus, uh, like public object ob- objectives. And then I think there was, you get this two draw piles, both of which have two face up cards. So there's the regulars and then there's the golden backed ones. And the ones with the golden back are more complicated to play. Um, but potentially have more stuff on them. So as you play through, everything's got little symbols on it and you use those symbols as your resources. So if, say, you have a 
card that you want to lay down that requires two greens and a blue. You've got to look at your current codex in front of you, in your tableau, I guess. See if there's two greens and a blue that are exposed and they're your resources. And then you cover you can you, you build your tableau by laying the cards over the corner pieces of the other existing codex. And I think pretty much all of us did something where we realized several turns later, oh balls. Yeah, we've sort of did that wrong. <laughs> blocked ourselves off from being yeah, able to so do the, something. There was one public objective which was like uh, you need a purple and then two oranges stacked below it in a certain pattern. And I was like, yeah, I can do that. I'm going to go for that one first because I had two I had two of the cards of the right colour anyway. And then I placed one and then I placed something else to try and get some resources. But I wasn't thinking properly. And when I placed the second card... I was actually stopping myself from building the pattern um, because it blocked off because I'd, I'd laid it down with a like a corner that couldn't have something laid over it or something. So I had to go and start trying to make this pattern somewhere else. Um, and I thought that I, I really liked it. I thought the, um, I say components, the cards were really well um, produce their high quality everything on the front has little highlights of gold um, and then obviously the gold backed cards have more gold on them but it's not just those cards that have like the pretty shiny effect so everything's got a little bit of shiny gold on it which I thought was I don't know maybe I'm just a magpie and I like shiny things <laughs> <laughs> um, from a fellow but, magpie it looked very nice <laughs> yeah yeah um this oh i think uh was it i think three of their games weren't available yet in the uk but they're hoping to get them here by one person said end of summer one person said fall one person said september so before somewhere the end of the year. in quarter three hopefully yeah. Uh, I believe one of their games is already out over here, and I think it was Glow that's already yeah. out. But yeah, we played that, and did I win? I can't remember. Uh, you may have done. Let me see if I um, recorded the play in my stats app. I may have done. Uh, let's have a look. Codex Naturalis. Apparently, it, you or Gareth? Have, uh, it says Gareth won. Um, oh, yeah, I think he was. Was it like you by won, a couple of points? Yeah, you won Isle of Trains. Ah, uh, okay. Uh. <laughs> and uh, Gareth won Codex Naturalis. And I won the next game, which was Flourish. Yeah. Which was another one that you were. Uh, you had a lot of nature games on your sort of uh, want, to, want to look a list, didn't you, this year? Well, you, there, there were a lot of nature games at the show. Yeah. To be fair, there, there were. were there, there seems to be. It seems to be a recurrent theme at the moment. You could um, say there's a flourish of nature games. Ho, 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 ho. Flourish. I can't remember whether I actually had on my list prior to seeing it and walking past it. Hmm. But I think we walked past it and 
the table was empty and I was like, might as well. It looks fun. Um, they've got a, what was it? They're selling the signature edition for the same price as the regular edition. Yeah. And yeah, you are building a garden is sort of the, the premise. Um, and your, is it the, it's got the seven wonders card technique, something or other. Yeah. So, you have, so you're, you're you drafting hand. and passing yeah. along. Yeah. You have a hand, you take one for yourself, but then you give one to your left and to one to your right. Um, and then you're trying to, it's kind of like tableau building, set collection, secret objectives, public objectives, this, that, and the other that you're trying to do. So there will be things like that are basic, like have the most blue flowers out of anybody's garden. But there's also objectives are like have the most mushrooms compared to your left and right person's garden. Obviously, we were only doing a three-person game, so that didn't necessarily come into quite as much effect as it might have done with more people. Um, but there was like this: this scores if you have a wall and this card, or this scores based on how many trees the person next to you has and that sort of thing. So it's it's not just sort of blinkers on, make your own garden. You have to sort of see what everybody else is doing, not just to try and, like, snipe them, but also to try and, like, do, like, weird co-op, not co-op-y, but, like, uh, use their resources to get yourself points. And I thought it was quite uh, clever and very pretty. And I enjoyed the fact that for every single card, it said on it the Latin name of the plant that, um, or the, I think there were some bees, but um, most of it was just plants. So if you wanted to know what you were playing, you could see very easily what it was. Yeah. And the uh, signature edition came with an expansion, which I think has something to which is the Follies expansion, um, which we didn't play with. Um, but there's little buildings you can build, and you can actually build little little ones out of. I can't remember whether they're like foamy cardboardy stuff or just regular cardboard. I haven't actually opened the box to build them yet. But in that, I've spoilt the. I've spoilt the the story ending, which is that I bought a copy. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what I liked about this: the the score trackers that everyone had. Oh yeah, you've got these like sort of score trackers with um uh, numbers with number wheels inside them. Yeah, and oh, so yeah. as you go at the end of every round, when you're scoring, you just um you know move your little uh, numbers around to to how many you've got, um, which I thought was quite nice. I think- not, I'm guessing they're not cheap either. Probably. I mean, yeah. I don't have any cardboard, but you know, most they're games thick, are like thirty. Yeah. They are. I mean, how much did you pay for it? Was it thirty or forty? It was just thirty quid. Yeah, that, mm. you know, it Which, seems like a lot of production value for a thirty yeah, pound game. Yeah, considering all the stuff that has gone into it, I don't think you'd be able to get that. Even off Kickstarter, I don't think you'd be able to get that much stuff for thirty quid. Yeah. No, it was true. So, I'm, t- I'm I'm curious now. I'm going to go on like Chaos <laughs> Cards or something. There, if the- I can. 
if I can figure out how to use the keyboard. The score trackers, yeah. though, I think because we were playing three rounds, I can't remember if that was a condensed version or not. Um, and I think, I know I definitely got confused and I, I'd put my, because I had a single digit score, I think I put it in the first oh, yeah, the three yeah. columns because there were three digit columns for scoring. But I think it was yeah. meant to be hundreds, tens and that's ones right. and I'd yes. gone round one is the first column on the left and round two so it, lo- it looked like I had like I don't know about 600 900 points, points yeah yeah but um no they were very nice round trackers um yeah I just didn't read a bit about how to use them <laughs> yeah to be fair that confused me as well um <laughs> but easily rectified mm. so yeah f- flourish it's currently on pre-order. Is it? Chaos cards. We obviously um, got an advanced copy. Mm. Mm. So the, the RRP is 45 quid, but the pre-order is currently 36 quid. Maybe you got, did you definitely get it for 30? Yeah. Okay. Wow. Um, That's really good then. I guess... I guess it's good business to get loads of copies out there. Yeah. Hopefully it, hopefully it hasn't like annoyed anyone who backed it on a crowdfunder. I don't know if it was crowdfunding. I don't think it was a crowdfunding. Oh, okay, no, it says it was. Apparently it was according to um a BGG. It's in the crowdfunding category, so fair enough. That's making allowance for shipping though. If you're buying it there, you're not yeah, paying yeah. shipping, so yeah. yeah. That goes some way to balancing it. I don't know apparently, whether exactly apparently it's Apparently, it's one to seven players as well. Mm. That's a strange wow. number. That's a big mm. player count. Mm. Anyway, right. <laughs> so next up, uh, we went and looked at a game that we briefly saw in the press event, um, but I wanted to find out more about it, and that's a little card game called Grove, um, which I think was one of the hidden gems of the show, if I'm being honest with you, because I really really like this game uh bought a copy and i've played it about um six or seven times with different people since i bought it um (laughs) so i uh, i wasn't around for this because i was off on a mission for dear gareth yes to buy sniper elite no it wasn't sniper elite it was full metal something yeah I can't remember what it's called now. It's not Full Metal Jacket. Or Full Metal um, Alchemist. It's the only ones I can think of. Was it something like Blood's something Metal <laughs> Moon? I don't know. <laughs> it was made by the guys who who had Cosmoctopus. If I find Cosmoctopus and then we go to Paper Fort Games mm-hmm. and then we go to their website and then hopefully we find what the game You should is. know as well, Karen, because you... Didn't Gareth come to yours to pick it up? Or, yes, or didn't but you I, I didn't. No, no, he, he came to collect it from me um, when we got home on the Sunday. But um, I didn't look at what it said. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, okay, while Ray looks for that, we'll um, <laughs> talk about Grove. <laughs> oh, come on. So so Grove is from uh, Waxon Studios, a small independent UK um designer and publisher um looking at their website they're traditionally a video game company but uh, i think this is their first foray into uh, card games and um it's a small box with a deck of cards 
And basically what you're doing is um, every player has like a, a leader, which gives them like a, a hidden objective uh, for, for scoring at the end of the game. There are different card types. So you've got evil, good and neutral um, alignments, but then you've also got beasts, plants, relics. Um, in fact, I don't know if plants is a thing. I think it's item rather than plant. Uh, hero, uh, weapon, armor, I think. And what you're doing is, uh, on your turn, uh, you are picking one up from the deck, uh, the first player is anyway, uh, and then discarding one of the cards from their hand. And then as the game goes on, um, the cards that people are discarding go into like a market in the middle of the table. And what you're doing is you are, on your turn, choosing to either take a card from the top of the deck, a mystery card, or take one of the ones from the from the market. And then discarding another one and you the aim is to try and get by the end of the game when there are a certain number of cards in the market on the table that, that triggers the end game and you are trying to get cards in your hand that synergize with each other and your leader so some of the cards will be like plus 10 points for every item in the marketplace or plus 10 points for every good other good card in your hand or minus 10 points if you get an evil card. So you're trying to get rid of the cards you don't want and keep the, get the cards you do want, and then adding up the points at the end of the game, and whoever gets the most points is the winner. So it's not very difficult to explain how to play or learn how to play, but it gets very tactical when you're looking at all these cards that you could have and trying to figure out which combinations of cards that you could draft or, or into your hand um, give you the most points. And um, a game only takes around 10, 10 minutes. And um, yeah, I really like this. I think it's great. Um, I don't know what I expected it to be when I saw it, the website before we got to the show. I thought it looked interesting, but once I actually sat down and played it, I thought, yeah, this is great. I really like this game. Definitely getting a copy of, copy of this. And uh, as I say, I've played it numerous times since the show. So thoroughly recommend. Karen, I've played this with you yep. twice, I think. I think, once at the I show think we played it once, twice. Yeah, we um, played it at the show. Yeah, we played it at the bar at work. work. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it's a good game. And there's, um, there's another... Um, element of the strategy because some of the cards are sort of paired in a way with each other like there are some where it says if you have card a um it's worth nothing if somebody if in someone else's hand they have card b for example or it's worth double if you have card b but you might find it gets picked up or put down by somebody else who doesn't want it um like say card b um into the market but then somebody else picks up card b so if you've not been paying attention you might think oh i'm I'm good i've got this card because it's also a weapon and i get extra points of weapons but you don't realize if someone else has picked up the pair that may basically makes it worth nothing um you've got mm. to keep an eye on what people are picking up from the market as well if that explanation makes sense <laughs> so it's yeah it's not just a case of oh what's good for me it's it's again it's one of those where you have to keep all Keep yeah, your eye everywhere on what's yeah, what's bad for everyone else. Is it worth taking a risk on this card? Is it worth risking uh, the fact that I, I, the payoff for getting fifty points if no one else has this in their hand, or yeah, mm. or should I just play it safe and pick up another item and get another ten points for having like a full set of items? So yeah, it's it's a good fun game, 
and um, some of the um, the leaders' names and the the types of items and weapons you can get are quite inventive. Um, oh, they as are. Well. They've, they've, they've done a good job with that, um, and they've all got little not catchphrases, but there's a little there's like flavor text for everything as well, isn't there? At the bottom of each yeah. card, I think. Um, so yeah, I'd I'd recommend it. It's a good fun game. Uh, doesn't take long, easy to learn, um, harder to master, but generally good fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, Ray. Give, lay it on us. What's the game? Full moon jacket. Right. Ah. So it was <laughs> it was somewhere in between all yeah. of those words. <laughs> it was in there. That's that's where I was. I was off waiting for some dude to a stop talking to some people in front of me and b then go and find a card machine <laughs> so I could buy this thing for Gareth because yeah. he'd left and then discovered that they were selling it and apparently it's quite difficult to find. So um, he was like, "Can you do me a massive favour?" I was like, "Oh, go on then." Oh, it's a minis game. Of course it is. It is, yeah. It's a minis game. Right. What is next? We went over to our friends at Paperboat Games and had a look at their new game. Completely different to Snapshots that they were showing last year. Uh, This was Cloud Foxes, which uh, I thought looked really nice. Really nice. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how to describe it, though. Um, you've got a grid, um, as like a playing grid, um, and there are some islands on certain squares. Uh, basically, you're you're like sky pirates, um, and you're all trying to capture islands um, from each other. And you also have like weapon capabilities that you can activate using tokens you have. So there's again, it's, it's using tokens. Snapshot used tokens for some things, but it's this is this is a different setup um it's a very like matt said it's a very different game um and you can capture islands i think if you surround the islands with your like your ships that you have um so you roll a dice to decide was it two two dice uh, you are three dice three and dice then you can choose and then one 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 number you can choose to be the x axis one you can choose to be the y axis mm. and then you put your token on the intersecting square but then you choose which token you want to put which is the third dice yeah. you've got different types of um, token that you can put down haven't you yeah yeah so you have to try and get the best combination um and when you put the token down sometimes depending on which token you've used that gives you an ability so it might give you a melee attack or a ranged attack i think so you can attack who's next door to you um some of sometimes you can restore i can't remember if it was health or weapons or or something like that um so you can sort of restore or repair repair that was it i think you could repair like tokens you played ships you played um and I think by the end of the game, was it the, you've got to try and capture the islands, um, but there are other ways to get points as well. It's not all about capturing the islands. Um, I can't exactly remember. I know it was fun. I know it was fun. I think um, you've, I think you've described most of the mechanics of the game. Yeah, there, so. but it's, it was good. We enjoyed playing that. Did we manage to finish it? I'm not sure if we did. No, we didn't. No, we didn't. We didn't manage to finish it because we had to rush off because we had a play test 
or an appointment for our next game, which was Moon from Sinister Fish, which is sort of like the third game in the Villagers and Streets and Now Moon series, um, which is a, a game where you are building bases on the moon. And um, it's again, it's got sort of like that hand drafting thing where you pick a card that you want and then pass the rest the rest around to the other people. But uh, I really like this. Um, but then I like the other get well, I say I like the other games. I haven't played streets yet, but I really like villages. Uh, villagers, sorry. Um, but the thing I like is that although they're all sort of like thematically linked and sort of going through time, they're all completely different games and they all play completely differently. Um, but yeah, I really like this. You're, you're drafting cards. You are building a, a base um, and then you are playing your cards either. So let, let me try and remember this. You've got two types of cards, haven't you? You've got ones that you can use, which are, which give you resources. And there are other ones which are like buildings or structures that you can build on your moon base and um com- combining those things lets you uh activate other cards um that give you more stuff i think that's right yeah you only played one round of it um and the rovers really like- as well oh yes and you've got these little rovers that you can put on other- on on uh, other players cards to get resources if you're so if you're missing a resource so if you're missing energy, but another player's got an energy-producing station, you can uh, put a little rover on their station and get the get the resource from them. Um, but I mean, probably as expected, the production quality was top-notch. Um, the graphic design, I think, um, hack on the designer does all of the art as well, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. So he's the is the designer and the artist of the game. So. Um, for everything that's been created by one guy. Although, I mean, it's not because he's got Sinister Fish publishing the game and everything and helping him with it. But I think he does a really good job. And um, he's definitely a designer that when he releases a new game, I mean, if his next game isn't with Sinister Fish, but it's something I'll definitely take a close look at because I like the kind of stuff he's come up with with so far. Um, I don't know what else to say about Moon. Um, do you, either of you have any comments on it i think we all enjoyed it yeah um i haven't played any either of the previous games yeah but i quite enjoyed this one so it's not a detriment because as i say it's completely different to the others anyway yeah. so yeah but yeah i enjoyed it definitely i i was a bit like no nah, i want to keep playing um yeah. by that we point. only had half an hour though so which is annoying yeah i was gonna say it was it it was just starting to, I think, just starting to to feel like we're getting into it a bit more. But yeah, then your time's up. But um, well, yeah, I could have sat sat there and and played through some more. Yeah, I mean, because it's another of those type of engine building games where you're you know building up your structures and over time, at the end of the first round, we'd all got a reasonable amount of stuff, so we could all start producing lots of resources and things, couldn't we? So yeah, it would have been interesting to see how that. Uh, uh, carried on but yes yeah, speaking to the guy who was demoing it to us he said they were just absolutely rammed weren't they they had they're fully booked you know every half hour a new uh group was coming along to to play around the game so that was incredibly popular so um really enjoyed that really you know looking forward to that uh launching 
It goes up in um, difficulty levels as well, doesn't it? I think once you played through, you get, is it for your rewards? Because there were hearts th- for rewards. Can't really remember. I think you got less. But there was like le- levels, there were sort of clear levels as you progressed through the game as well. So we got to the end of the first one, I think, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. So then came Saturday evening. Um, oh, the last thing we did was we went and had a chat with Bez, didn't we, before we, we left on Saturday. And this is where I got the mega balloon, which is... Um, so So Bez had someone called Kat uh, on her stand. And Kat was um, the balloon guru uh, who was making big... Blowing up big balloons, but then putting business cards and other fun little things and balloons inside... So you had this clear balloon with a couple of red balloons and lots of other things inside. And um, Bez asked Kat to make me a balloon with as many balloons inside as possible. And we're now three and a bit weeks on, and it is still completely intact. The, I can the outside of that because I can see it Because you can camera. see it. <laughs> yeah. So the, the outside has oxi- oxidized quite a bit. So it's so it's very white. So you can't really see inside it anymore. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if the balloons inside are in as good condition as the, the big outer balloon. I don't think it's going to pop. It's probably just going to just slowly deflate. But I mean, it's it's three weeks and it's held. It's, it's pretty much the same size it was when I got it. So I don't know if I should just leave it and wait for it to just deflate naturally or whether I should pop it now and see what state the red balloons are inside. I just don't know. It's a dilemma. What would we'll you two do? Put, put it to a vote. Yeah. To our listeners. Should yeah. Matt pop the balloon? <laughs> That's a good yeah. idea. T- tweet us. Tweet us at Toddcast on Twitter and ask me if I should pop the balloon. Either way, I'll I'll put pictures on Instagram. I've got a couple of it over time anyway and i'll make a little post um showing how, how it's changed since i had it but after uh i got my mega balloon from bears and we had a wonderful chat and uh you actually went back to bears didn't you on sunday karen and bought a load of games i did because i've 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 backed some of her kickstarters but i've usually backed because i know that you've already got some so i've not backed yeah. copies but i've ended up buying um a game about counting cats, a game about stuffing balloons, which doesn't have any balloons. And um, yeah, just cards. The other yeah. one. Yeah. And the other one was, oh, what was the other one? I've drawn a blank. Um, oh, it was the cute comical creatures version of complimenting creature. Yeah, no. I think I, I think that's one I've packed away. <laughs> I don't have it to hand. Let me let me look on. <laughs> let me look on. Um, so we've got we uh, so <laughs> let me have a look because right, let's get on BGG games. Uh, stuff by bets. There you go. Right then, so we've got a game about cute comical creatures and trying to identify them after someone makes noises. Yes. So that's a so that's a different edition of Wee Whimsical Creatures then. Yes, that's the one. I couldn't remember okay. if it was the same as that. Um but yeah, yeah. That's and that's definitely the one. Okay. And a game about stuffing balloons as a team without talking, but it's a card game. There are no actual balloons. Yes. And what was the other one? Um a game about counting cats. 
Uh, okay, so that's a game about counting cats, shapes, and colours that keeps getting trickier. Yes, those are okay. the, those are the ones I have. Right. So after we saw bears, um, at this point we were all ready to have a lovely meal at Vietnamese street kitchen, weren't we? Yeah. So our good friend Pete uh, and uh, we were we would we met him up and everyone else who was at the um, uh, board game hub stand and we went back to uh, to get the car, drop our stuff off at the car, and then I got a text from Pete saying, "No, I got a phone call from Pete saying um, they don't have a reservation." So they've lost it. They've lost. They lost Pete's reservation. So we ended up back at Chow Street again, eventually. So I had a massive burger from... Who were the burger people? I think it was Meat Shack. Meat Shack, yeah, it was Meat Shack, yeah. So I had a burger from them. Did you have a burger from Meat Shack? Yes, I did. And Karen? What did I have, is the question. Um... Noodles? No? No, I don't think I did. I don't remember. Um, it wasn't pizza because cheese. Um, mm-hmm. It wouldn't have been toasties because cheese. Because cheese. <laughs> Pattern here. Um, why can't I remember? I was, it, was it canoodle? No, I don't think I got noodles. I didn't think I went back for another burrito. I've got a complete blank. (laughs) Let's have a look on the... At least I've got got it on the website still. (laughs) Chow Street, right. Frank's Fine Pizza. No. Meat Shack Burgers. Fat Snags Hot Dogs. Oh, it was a hot dog. It was a hot dog. It was was a hot dog. Yes. Okay. 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 I had the barbecue pit boy. There we go. Ah, right. Yep. Cool. (laughs) But it was very nice. Um, but yeah, it was it just was. not expected. But we were able but, yeah. to we were able to sit down inside the Hilton and eat it, which is unusual because normally they don't let you go inside and eat. But they didn't have any tables and chairs outside in the car park this year, so maybe that's why. Well, maybe so. Yeah, it was very very odd that they didn't <laughs> put any um, seating outside. Um, so that was Saturday. So then we go on to Sunday, the shortest of the three days, but we still got quite a bit done. Um, the first thing I've got a picture of is uh, the game that you were very interested in, Ray, and you sat down and had a good old natter with the uh, designer for quite a while while Karen and I were having a little wonder. Uh, that was Slayers of something. What was that called again? Uh, Book, of, Book of Skulls, Slayer uh, of Ergoroth. Okay. I it's believe. the rock metal game, wasn't it? Yes. Um, so this did go to Kickstarter, but I think um, it he took it down and it's yeah, going to come back it. later on. Um, so, yeah, this is like a dungeon crawler um, game which also has a soundtrack which is of the metal music variety, uh, which has been done by the dude who's um, designed it. Um, And 
I thought one of the interesting mechanics was uh, you're not really ever getting downtime. So, for example, when it's your turn to go through the dungeon and do your cruise, uh, dungeon crawl, battle stuff, um, the other people are, or the other person is going to be controlling the forces of evil against you. And then when you swap and it's their turn to go and do the dungeon crawling, it's your turn to be the baddies and to try and, you know, fight and mess with them, mess with the like the player crew characters, uh, the party. So I've just gone to the website and there's the soundtrack is on there and I just press play. That was a mistake because <laughs> I've just deafened myself. <laughs> yeah. Possibly not one for your delicate ears, Matthew. No. Um, I did show it to a couple of other people and somebody said it looks like Hero Quest grew up and got metal. <laughs> um, so if that sort of gives you a, a general idea of uh, what sort of thing it is. Um, yeah, it, it looks like it's it will come with quite a lot of stuff. Um, the There's at least i think three three different boards that are double sided and i think you can expand it to get more boards so it's always a bit different and you're sort of trekking across the the boards sort of like west to east as it were to try and get to the big bad um super boss at the end um and you know you know doing dungeon crawlery things as you go mm-hmm. along um so yeah it um, it did launch on Kickstarter at the expo, but I don't think it did. Don't think it got much uh, traction. So I believe he's going to do a relaunch later in the year. Mm. But uh, yeah, it looked fun. And there's a character called Ray, spelt slightly differently, but there is a character called Ray who is like, um, I think if you if I think they were one of the more powerful heroes in the game so obviously that's a reason you should go and support it when it comes back indeed yep and it's quite it's quite the thing that um surprised me about it at first look it's the board's pretty big there's a lot of squares on there as well so it's it's not going to take you five minutes it's going to be a a solid a good sort of like solid chunk of game that you'll get from from playing so from a session definitely yeah, but yeah, looks a good one. Um, while you were talking to uh, the dude who did that, um, we were talking to Jack and Steph from Cobblepath um, because Coffee and Chaos was live on GameFound. Um, and it's only got one day left um, as of recording, so I'm not going to try and... There's no point in me telling people to go and back it if you're interested because you won't be hearing it until after it's finished. But um, if you do want to know more about Coffee and Chaos, we chatted to them last year and did a video with them. But basically, it's the RPG where you take your characters from your existing campaigns and uh, they all try to run a coffee shop together and uh, everything's going wrong. So it's a sort of comedy, a comedy coffee RPG. So, uh, But yeah, it's successfully funded. They've got just over four grand, so they're 110% funded. So, uh, yeah, well done, guys. Um, looking forward to my copy. So I was back at number one. 
as soon as I got the alert to say it was available, I uh, went on about this. Even though I'm not a massive RPG player, it just appeals to me. It's the kind of RPG thing that I I like. I like so yeah. And then we uh, did a bit more wandering, and we walked past the Bombix stand again, and yep. uh, the Garden Nation uh, table was free. So Karen went off and did some shopping, uh, and Ray and I played Garden Nation, which I really like. Yes, I should have stayed so, for this one. You should have done. <laughs> so you've got um on the on the board is a, a giant garden. You're all pe- pe- playing like little garden people. Imagine the Poddington peas. You're playing the Poddington peas, and um, the table is one, two, three, four, five, seven. Uh, what shape are they? Hexagons? Sort of, I guess. Vague hexagons. Vague hexagons, because they've got wavy edges, haven't they? Yeah. All placed together. Um, so you've got two, three, and two. And then you've got, on every one of those, those you've got the same two, three, and two. And what you're doing is you are placing um, little structures on one of the spots, there are certain rules to say that you have to use uh, certain spots, aren't there? Um, because yeah. when because and when you put uh, a structure down, there's a little turtle crane called. I can't remember the turtle crane's name. I can't remember either now. Not Edna. No, Why do I? No. No, it definitely wasn't Edna. <laughs> I don't know why that popped uh, into my head. Edith. Um, let me... Should we, should we just say Edith? <laughs> I don't think it was. No, I don't want to say Edith if it's not Edith. Does uh, it say on BGG? That's what I'm reading. It does not. Why doesn't it give you the name of the turtle crane? There's an official English rule book. Here we go. Let's download that. Tur- one turtle crane. I don't think it's got a name in the book, you know. It's not Edith, but we'll call it Edith. Basically, what you're doing is, um, depending on the space that you put a structure in, you move the turtle crane to the same corresponding space on the larger board. So if you put one in the middle on the tile that you were on, then you would move the turtle crane to the middle um, big piece on the board. I'm, I'm mangling this, but yeah. You've got like one, two, three, four, five, seven mini gardens inside the big garden. So depending on where you put a piece on one of the mini gardens, the turtle crane moves to the corresponding section in the big garden. And then that means the next player has to build within that section. So so the the piece that you can build on changes as you move the turtle crane around the around the garden. That makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then you've got conditions to meet. So if you've got like uh, three pieces on a yellow space, then you you get to claim uh, that. And then am I right in remembering that when you claim a structure, you have to put a little roof on it? Uh, I think if it met, yeah, if it met one of the um, like scoring objective cards, you put a roof on it. And then you took the card, uh, and it was the last building that you edited 
Oh yes, counts as the one for counts that as the one objective. that gets the yeah. Uh, roof. Yeah, I forgot the objectives are shared, aren't they? They're not yeah. individual to each player. There's a shared um, pool of objectives on the table. Frida is the name of the turf, uh, torty crane. Apparently, we were close. Yeah, ish. Edith is closest. <laughs> Frida. Edna is close-ish. So only one letter out, and it ends with the not that close. (laughs) But uh, but I really like this. the The production quality was good. That the the little turtle crane mini was amazingly detailed. I thought. I think that would look really great if someone painted it. Um, I particularly enjoyed the uh, turn tracker. Hedgehog, little oh, yeah. uh, hedgehog meeples. They were cool. Yeah, that's quite good. It's just got a yes. lovely colour palette. It's like all sort of like vegetable ink type colours yeah. on the board as well, which is very nice. The, the thing I liked was deliberately putting the crane on a um, section that I knew Ray didn't need to build on. Just yeah, like sabotaging. Them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sabotaging yeah. other players. And then forcing people to like you know reevaluate their tactics and things like that. So yeah, this is already out in France, uh, like Codex Naturalis, isn't it? Um, what's the French version? What's the French version is called? Is it Petit Purple? Petit Purples? Small Peoples or something? Yeah, it's however you say. Actually, have we have we got a uh, Google um, how to pronounce Petit? And it's P E U P L E S. Petit Pupus. Petit Pupus. How to pronounce Petit Pupus. Oh, for goodness sake. Just somebody. I don't want oh, to. Oh, for know goodness how... sake. Is that how you pronounce it? Well, no. I type in how to pronounce the whole phrase, and it's just giving me how to pronounce Petit. I'm like, I don't want that. Right. Okay. Yeah, petit. Don't tell me how to say it in English, you stupid. Petit purple. 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 Sounds like small purple, but okay. Purple. Petit purple. How uh, close that is to actual French, I don't know. I'm not no. sure how good the Google but it's just small. is. is it, so is it small people? Little, is that little people. Little people, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Like like the borrowers. Yeah. Okay. Uh, who won that? Let's have a look. Can you remember? Mm. It was apparently. Mm, don't know because I didn't record it. I can't remember. This is mess. This app has messed up my plays because apparently on the Sunday of the expo, I played games at the Brappy Bar at work, and now that's not the case. So the dates on of some of these games are all messed up. That's rather annoying. So you've done sixth of the first, and first instead of first of the sixth. No, no, no. Something. It's put everything on the fifth of June. Hmm. Weird. Yeah, and there's games I know I've played in the last like, couple of weeks that. So I don't know why the dates on them is wrong. Maybe there was a bug. Anyway, so we don't know who we don't know who won that, but it was enjoyable. Yeah. Um, after that, we met someone who had the same dungarees as you, right? Yeah, that was quite funny. 
And then we went to Unfringed and played Zuli. Yes. Um, so the whole point of Zuli is you're trying to build a zoo. And again, you're drafting cards by passing them around. Um, you're drafting habitats and then animals to go in those habitats. Um, but, but you get points for, you know, putting the right animal in the right habitat. Um, there are some animals that you can't mix. So like uh, some animals are not very friendly and they don't like being mixed with other animals. They only like being mixed with the same type of animal. And um, each habitat has like a limit to the number of animals you can put in it. But you can also put add-ons onto them, expansions to make the habitats bigger. And yeah, you're just drafting the cards that you need to complete your zoo. And um, at the end of the game, you count up all your points and the person with the most points is the winner. And you get bonuses often if you get like the same type of animal. Uh, or you get... Um, do you lose points for any cards that you, you can't fit in your zoo at the end of every round? I can't remember if you lose yeah. points or not. You do. I think so. The thing about Zoodly is that the artwork looks like a really cutesy kids game, but it's not. It's it's more complex than you'd think by looking at it. And I think the guys said that they'd got a lot of feedback about that, that a lot of people dismissed the game because they thought it was just a simple kids game by looking at it. So maybe they will do a second edition with with different artwork. I don't know, but... um, I really enjoyed this. Uh, I know Ray really enjoyed it because Ray bought a copy. Um, so I'm guessing we all liked Zuli. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it as well. Uh, how much was it? Fifteen pound. Uh, yes, it was oh, fifteen pound. Like yeah, it's a cool little, cool little game. Uh, and then we were wandering around, and we finally, last thing on Sunday. Uh, saw a space available for playing Meadow. Yep. Uh, which every single time yes. we walked past had, had been busy. So um, <laughs> who wants to talk about Meadow? Well, between us, I think we now own two copies. <laughs> the three of well, that's us true. since then. Yeah. You two bought copies of this, so you can talk about it. Which mine turned up this morning. I haven't actually, I haven't even opened it yet. Um, I haven't had time. Um but yes. Did you both buy it from the same place? I got it from Chaos Cards. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Did you use your special UK Games Expo voucher code? Yes. No, because okay. I already used it on something else. <laughs> okay, that's fine then. Oh, I don't know. I don't know whether I used that one or whether I just like used one of these search and find a code things, but it gave yeah. me £5 off anyway. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But it was, it was, yeah, it was the last, it was the last game we played, wasn't it, on the Sunday? And yeah. I think it was a really nice way to, to round off the weekend. And um, we, well, there, we just started, we just sat down to play, hadn't we, um, with the three of us, and we were joined by Dan from Macaroni Studio. Is that? That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um. So we, that was nice as well. Um. So we got to play a, a full game of like with four people. And um, yeah, I think all all four of us, from what I can gather, all four of us enjoyed the game. And um, yeah, again, going with the fact that there were so many art, um, 
so many nature themed games. There really did seem to be a lot this year, but the artwork, again, it's another different style of art. It's all sort of, it was watercolour type art on this one, I think. Um, but it was just stunningly good, good looking game, really. And it plays, you're trying to build up, again, it's more like, a bit like a tab tableau type thing in front of you so you're building columns of cards and you have to match symbols and play cards but again a little bit like codex and the facts codex naturalis and the fact that you when you play a card you can offer it covers up um you cover up the card underneath um you are trying to collect um there are four decks you start by playing by drafting cards from a market place grid that draws from three of the decks and they're all named after directions on the compass so you've got i think it was is it south west and east that you're drawing from uh initially yeah initially halfway halfway through the game the south deck gets replaced by the north deck which has got more powerful cards which is which is quite a good way to do it um so uh, and you have depending on the number of people you had markers so you could pick a marker and they're numbered like one to four I think and you everyone goes around and you pick a marker and you can either use that marker to um, set against a column or a row in the market um, and the number that's on the marker is how many cards you count in from the edge of that column or row and then you take that card um or you can put it on the there was like a separate board on the side i don't know what to call it it's a campfire isn't it like the ah right yes that would yeah yeah um and so or you could use your marker there and that would allow you to take like a special action again depending on was it depending on which marker you used i think and the number on the marker um I think so, it was depending on which marker you used from what I remember. Yeah, so that might be like drafting three cards and then keeping from like a particular pile. So you might say draft three cards from the East deck or something and keep two of them or something like that, but then you can't play a card. Um, and I think the cards were, there were things, there were houses, there were animals, there was terrain, Um and then roads, there was, I think, was another, was was one of the special types. I think might have been. Was that the one? Um, because there was your main columns of cards that you're you're building up, and then there was like the like the vista thing at the top with which was yeah, the lanes. Have, don't you have to have a road first, and then the road leads to a vista or something like that? Yeah, and and that was and. Um, you built on that and you could put treasures that you found in the house, I think, were more cards that you could pick up from um, from the market as well. Um, so there's, there's quite a lot going on, but it was it was a good game to... And it really, it takes a while to... Like some of the strategies you can use take a while to get going, but it's there's a lot of different ways of developing what you've got in front of you and point scoring and building it up and building it up. Like I think Dan Dan had a lot of grass, I think. <laughs> um whereas we like we had different strategies depending on what cards we got in the hand in front of us. Um but it was it was a really nice game. Yeah, yeah I really and, enjoyed it. I thought it yeah. was really nice. I say the artwork 
uh, according to BGG, it's over 200 unique watercolour illustrations mm. in the game. I can believe it because they all looked uh, really nice. Yeah, but it's really high high quality high quality painting and considering the game itself sort of retails between about 35 and 45 pounds i think that seems again it seems another one that's yeah priced very affordably considering the content you get uh so yeah right do you have anything else to add about uh meadow other than how much you enjoyed it um Again, it's uh, if you want to know what exactly it is you're you're laying a card of. Every card has a little code on it, and then in the box is like a I don't know reference journal, and you can look it up and you can see what exactly it is. It is a picture of, so mm. it's all pictures of real things. So I thought that was cool as well for the educational side of things. Yes. Uh, either you tended to get the uh, downstream expansion with the uh, the river. No. Not sure. Now I know that... it exists, <laughs> but maybe once my bank account's recovered. <laughs> oh, okay. Maybe <laughs> yeah, let's play may... the base game a bit first. Yeah, maybe after a couple of plays of um, the uh, the base game. Yeah. Yep. Add it to the Christmas list. Indeed. <laughs> Right, so that's everything we played. Let's talk about our halls then. So who wants to go first? Uh, yeah. Um, well, I've mentioned some things. Uh, so Flourish, The Mind Extreme, The Lakes, Zuli, mm-hmm. um, and then some other ones that we haven't mentioned or we didn't play. Uh, I got uh, Dragomino. I keep, I keep getting the N and the M the wrong way around which is like the dragon version of King Domino, basically. Uh, Rustling Leaves, which is a little um, roll and write uh, by Paolo Mori, um, published by Cosmos, uh, where you are trying to make collections of different bits and pieces. Um, There's four different pads in the game so there's spring summer autumn and winter um and the things you can collect and some of the rules and the point scoring changes depending on which um what's the word season that you're in and i just thought it looked like a fun cute little roll and write with you know nature theme um (laughs) i also picked up welcome to dino world from alley cat which you and I played, Matt, I think in 2019. Might have been 2018. Thinking might about have been it, 2018. Yeah. Um, which is also a roll and write. Uh, but in this one, you are building your dinosaur theme park. Um, and you've got to try and... Um, there's... What is there now? There's um, objectives public objectives um depending on how many players there are in the game it will change um and you have to you have i think you have one or two private objectives as well so it's not just just roll and write there's like some interaction going on with other stuff there's cards involved um but basically you are rolling the dice 
seeing what sort of thing you can build. So you can build enclosures, uh, generators, paths. Um, I think there's like an amenities thing and a researchy type thing, and it depends which cards have been pulled, what those two things are. So, for example, you could pull a gift shop, which gets extra points if it's within three spaces of an entrance or an exit. Um, and one of the, I'm not sure what the category actually is, um, but there's one that's like, um, it's like a lookout tower. So you get points for how many different enclosures are in like straight line of sight from the space that you've put it on. Oh, right. Okay. Um, and yeah, it, it goes along like that and it's quite fun. I played it by myself. Um, I don't know if I got a good score or not, but it, it was still fun. Um, and then a couple of things, obviously, that I saw at the expo, but then have acquired since. Uh, Ansagrams, which I got after the show um, from Zatu, uh, which is where I saw it being sold at the expo. Interestingly enough, it was like, I don't know, something something negligible, but like 15p cheaper online, even including P&P um, on Zatu online compared to Zatu at the show. So, yay, I saved myself like 10p. <laughs> and then Meadow, uh, which came back into stock this week in the UK, uh, which is uh, fun. Uh, which we've just mentioned. I also got a copy of Last Night on Earth, um, which is a little one-shot RPG by Ecstasis, who didn't really get to stop and have a chat with, but they were around. Um, Non-games. I got some comics, some pins, a keyring, some dice, some sweets, some art, prints, and a notepad. There you go. Okay, I'll do mine next. So I got uh, the, as I said earlier, the remainder of season two of the Detective Society. So looking forward to playing those. Uh, Five Tribes, which is a game I've played before. Have I played this with you, Ray? I can never remember. Did we play so, yeah. at work once with the Bromsgrove guys when they were um, on campus? I think that was when we played yeah, it, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Um, Four Gardens, which I'll admit is a game I got only because it's got a giant pagoda in the middle of it that twists around. So I don't really know much more about it than that, but, you know, giant pagoda. So there you go. Uh, Dungeon Decorators and Trek 12, which I talked about earlier. Uh, Touch It and Grove. Uh, Chronicles of Crime, which I've got because people keep telling me how great it is and I should get a copy. Um... Marcus from Blue Donut Games gave us a pre-release copy of his new sci-fi RPG called Further Beyond. So I'm looking forward to having a good read of that and uh, seeing how that works. I got a new challenge deck for SSO, uh, the game where you are uh, on a spaceship that's like heading into the sun and you've got to try and 
uh, repair it and escape before uh, it, it explodes. Uh, this one is called The Wonder of Wubs. Um, and wubs are like little fairy creatures, tribbles, if you will, and they are overtaking the ship, and you have to try and uh, deal with the disasters before the uh, the little wubs overtake everything. And as far as non-gaming things go, I bought some... Did I buy some sweets from Honey Badger? I probably did, didn't I? I think I did, and then ate them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I bought some. Uh, I'm pretty sure you bought some. Yeah. And they're all, all gone already before they even got taken pictures of. Yeah. I've somehow got uh, two left, but one of those is earmarked as a gift. The other one, I'm not sure why I haven't eaten it yet, to be honest. I'm I'm asking myself that, but... Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I also bought a set of dice from Tabletop Crafter. And they were panda dice because they've got little pandas inside them. Did I buy that or did you get it for me as a gift? I can't remember. There was a lot of gifting and exchanging. I think I got those for you, but they are yeah. your dice. <laughs> yes. So, um, yeah, they're clear plastic dice with little pandas inside. How cute is that? And that's my expo haul, I think. Karen. Um, okay, so I uh, yeah talked about a few of these. So we had the rolling collar pads, some descent games, um, three of three games and stuff by Bez. Um, I also have now own a copy of Meadow since the show. Uh, three wise words, which was from Big Potato Games, um, which is like a, a I think it's more like a, a sort of a team team game party game. So I'm trying to guess. Um, the word for your team, but the you can, I think you you're only allowed to you can give clues to somebody on your team to guess, but the opposing team has also no. I think the opposing team knows the clues. It's I can't remember exactly what it is, but pe- certain people know certain information, and the other team knows the opposite information, and so you've got to try and confuse each other. And stop people from guessing the right words or guess the right word before or the right clues. Um, and a small potato plushie, which I I donated to Matt. So, <laughs> um, Isle of Cats boat pack from City of Games because I recently backed the Kickstarter for the Don't Forget the Kittens expansion and actually ended up just buying the base game through that um, because I didn't have it. So. Uh, I now have the boat pack as well, which I'm very pleased about. Um, Disney Villainous, which was actually a birthday present from Matt, which I've been had my eye on for a while. I think it's Ravensburger do that one. Um, I arranged a couple of trades. Um, so I picked up Rolling Ranch. Um, I say trades. Um, I paid for them rather than trading them. But uh, Rolling Ranch, which is by Thundergriff Games, which again... Um, I quite like Thundergriff games, and so I've been looking to get hold of this film for a while. And Obble Aeronauts and Obble Aeronauts 2, because it just looked like a fun card game um, to play. It's a bit of a steampunky theme, which kind of attracted me to it. Um, I can't remember who that's by, I'll be honest. Uh, what else did I pick up? Uh, oh, I've picked up the Fox in the Forest duet, which I think is by Renegade Games. Um and then there was Colossal, um, which is solo sort of RPG and journaling game, which again, that was another Kickstarter. Um, and 
I wanted to pick up the playing cards because they specifically go with go with the uh, RPG. And I think that was it for games. And then I ended up picking up um, from Crafts and Wonders. I have a little plushy bat. Um, he's very sweet. Uh, Honey Badger Games, more sweets. Um, I have a nondescript mystery coin of mysterious origin, which was a request for my brother. So Adrian, if you're listening, it will be on its way to you. Um, <laughs> uh, I got a little set of tiny dice from Dungeon Bones. Um, then from Crafts, oh no, not Crafts and Wonders, Tabletop Crafter. Um, I got a little scrunchie with books on and a headband with some little coffee cups because I love my coffee. Um, then I got a dice-shaped purse, uh, some card sleeves, a notepad, and I think we ended up with a box insert for Isle of Cats as well. So I think that's it. I'm going to stop talking now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we're not going to stop because uh, we're now going to talk about what our favourite things from the show were. So we've got four categories Ray's put down here for us to go through. These were so just we, ideas. I think they're good. I think they're good categories, right? I think you've done. I think you've done all right. So let's each of us pick our favourite game, our favourite food, our favourite accessory, and our favourite person pe- slash people that we met at the show. So I'll go first. I'll, I'll kick the ball off. So my favourite game. I've got a lot of. There's a lot of games I really enjoyed, but I'm gonna go with. I'm 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 torn between Isle of Trains or Grove, purely because it's not out yet. I don't think I can say Isle of Trains, so I'm going to say Grove is my favourite game of the show. Even though it's only a small little card game, I think it's a, a gem of a game, and uh, more people should play it. So yeah, Grove. My favourite food. I'm going to go with the burger because it was a burger from Meat Shack. My favourite accessory, I only bought the one, but it's the panda dice. It's got to be the panda dice. And uh, favourite person is Bez. There we go. I'll let you two fight over who goes next. Well, see, I wrote these ideas down, but didn't actually think of anything <laughs> for me to say for them. So <laughs> I might... Oh, probably my favourite game. It's kind of a tough... Again, it's a tough... Like, uh, are you torn between fl- Flourish and Meadow? No, I'm torn between Codex <laughs> oh. Naturalis and Meadow. But again, Codex Naturalis isn't out in the UK, so it might have to go with Meadow. Okay. Um, which isn't necessarily new for this year, but that doesn't mean it wasn't new to very, you. very good. Food. Again. The curry that I had at Las Iguanas on the Thursday was very nice. Jabberwocky, always amazing. However, mm-hmm. I think I might have to go for the waffle, uh, oh, the waffle from the Bonville Waffle Company. I think it was them anyway. Whoever, it was a waffle. It had, it was a Kinder Bueno waffle. It was absolutely amazing. Um, I probably shouldn't have eaten it all on my own, but whatever it's a celebratory weekend that's my excuse yeah yep. accessories Ugh. 
It's kind of a toss-up again between some of the pins that I got, little badges, and the dice that I got because they're pretty. I'll go with dice because that's technically more of an accessory than a badge. Where'd you get the dice from again, sir? I can't remember. They okay. were on the stall that was attached to the stall where Karen got the bat. But they were technically a different company, even though they were sharing the same space. Were they at the far end of the first aisle? Or am I yeah, getting confused? I maybe. Okay, let me have a look. I got the bat from Tabletop um, Crafts and Wonders. The bat yeah, so they were, I think they were sharing with Crafts and Wonders. Uh, let me look so at I the don't map. think they were technically Crafts and Wonders. They were just sharing with them. Just uh, check this map here. Uh, this extremely detailed and very naughty map. Hmm. Um, they're not marked on there, so they must have they must have um, joined at the last minute. So some friends of Crafts and Wonders hmm. um, were selling dice, and I got a little uh, polyhedral set for seven quid, um, which had some fun colours in it. Cool. People. You had a few good chats with quite a few people over the weekend, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. You had a good ch chat with the, the guy from um, the metal the metal game. You had a good chat with uh, Matthew from Matthew May, whatever it's called. I can't remember. Yeah. It is going to be one of those two. I don't think I can pick, though. Okay. And I can't... I can't was the guy's name Tom from Book of Skulls? No, that's... No, that's, uh, that's no, Tom is... Um, I mean, it's a three X. Dude from Book of Skulls, I apologise, I forgot your name. <laughs> Andy Feehan, it says here. Ah, uh, it was probably Andy then. Andy then, yeah. Right here, so either Andy or Matthew. I'm going to say they're joint. They're joint top. Okay. Oh, and all the people on the Asmodee stand who are nice to us on Saturday. Right, now it's your turn, Matt. You've had plenty of time to... Oh, no, wait, it's Karen's turn now. What are you talking about? Oh, I've done Sorry. Oh, yeah. You've, I've, uh... you've had plenty of time to think now. <laughs> uh, at, at the risk of like sounding very similar to Ray, I also... The Bombix games and Meadow are sort of up there. It's, it, the nature ones were just... Yeah, I always generally enjoy them most anyway, but... I think I've got to go with Meadow, the fact, I mean, I ended up with it and it was just, yeah, I think it was probably my favourite game of of the weekend um, and one that I'm excited to get out and uh, probably unbox after we finish recording, to be honest, because it literally arrived in the post today. Um, but there are so many others that are jostling for that first place spot. Um, out of the ones we saw, it was it was a good year. It was a good year for games. Um, let's see, food, food. I'm going to have to go. I have a very sweet tooth, so I'm going to have to go with Honey Badger um, and their their dice because I forgot about them. Yeah, yeah, and um, the waffle. I don't think I don't think I had a waffle. Did I have a waffle? I don't think we. I don't think either of us did. No. Did we? I have had a waffle recently, but I don't remember if it was from there. No, no, no. The waffle we had, the waffle we, last waffle we had was the one when we went to um, Leicester. Leicester. 
that's right. Yeah. So if I do, if I'd have been able to have that, because I think they ran out of vegan ones as well, then I probably would have said waffle. But honey badger games, little jelly sweets are always a hit. So um, they were my favourite favourite food um, accessories. I love my new um, dice purse, which is shaped like a. I want to say a D20. It's hard to tell because it's sort of like a, a 2D representation of a 3D image. Um, but it's uh, like a leather. It's like I a chunky leather. I think it's supposed to be a D20. Yeah. I mean, that makes most sense, probably. Um, but I, I I, think I, when we got back to the hotel, I just emptied the purse I brought with me and just transferred everything over. And I've just been using that since. Um, <laughs> and, oh... That was from, oh, I can't remember the name of the stall, Mythic Mythic Creations, possibly. Might be. Sounds familiar. Yeah. Um, they're around the corner tucked away, sort of at the back, I think, of um, the second hall. Uh, the second hall we went into, which might actually be in hall one. Um. That's my favorite accessory. In terms of people, in terms of sort of games publishers or that we came across the weekend, I think Bombix, because I didn't really know about them before, and I very much like some of their games. Um, in terms of people more generally, well, it's always nice to see people that we've bumped into before. So just generally um, going around and seeing... Peter Ball Game Hub, seeing Bez, seeing um, the folks at Dranda. I'm trying to think where else we went. That's just nice. Just nice to go go around and see see familiar faces. So, yeah, I think that's probably my my favourites. Okay. <laughs> um, I think it's Mythical Studios. Mythical Studios. Sorry. Yeah, they were the ones on that corner of the first. Yeah. Um, so that'll be who you got your thing from as well then, Ray, I think. Okay, there we go. We've been recording for nearly three hours, so um, uh, I think we've said everything we're going to say about the Expo, everything that we want to say about the Expo. Um, so, Karen, where can people find us on social media? Oh, throw me a curveball. Yeah. Um, on social media, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, um, at Toddcast. Oh, well done. Uh, if people want to listen to us, they can search for The Offline Gamer in your favourite podcast app or you can go to anchor.fm forward slash togcast. If you want to check out our videos, you can go to youtube.com forward slash The Offline Gamer. And uh, if you want to have a look at any of our other content, um, we are on the interwebs at www.offlinegamer.co.uk. Any of the other content, sometimes reviews and, um, yeah, other bits and pieces. Yeah, and there's also a contact form on there if you want to contact us or you can email us uh, offlinegamerpodcast at gmail.com. And if you like what we do and you want to give us a tip, um, you can do so now with our Kofi link. So you can go to kofi.com forward slash togcast uh, so that's ko-fi for kofi um, and you can drop
drop us as little as the amount as a cup of coffee. Yes, thank you to all the people who did so before UKG this year. It was much appreciated and it uh, offset some of the costs. So that was very, very grateful. So that was very grateful. That was very generous of you and we are very grateful. That's how that's how that works, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We've been talking for three hours. You know, the, red, yeah. the words are running out. Oh, I'm going to go to bed. This is going to be a nightmare to edit. So I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> Yeah, good luck with that one, Matt. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you won't, you won't all hear the ten minutes where Karen had to go and get food. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, we'll see you for our next episode. Then episode seventy six. Uh, that will, that might be our seventh anniversary. No, uh, fifth, sixth, seventh anniversary. I can't remember where we are at now. You passed five. We're at seven. Seven, yeah. Five because five five would have been twenty twenty. Yeah. Six mm. last year, seven this year. Wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So <laughs> that's depressing. I think it's end of August, start of September, I think is Yeah. So we might squeeze another one in before that. Officially the anniversaries. I'm gonna try and get people together for a quiz for our seventh anniversary episode actually. So let's see if I can do the one I was gonna do at Christmas and get that sorted. So Okay, well, it's goodbye from all of us, and uh, we'll speak to you. Well, Ray and I will speak to you next time. Uh, Karen, <laughs> thanks for um, thanks for jumping on. Thanks and, for having uh, me. <laughs> you'll be back at some point in the future, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, thanks everyone for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.